What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 44 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Tuesday, July 6th. Uh, finally back from the long weekends. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July celebrating with their family, celebrating with their loved ones. Um, I, I don't know if anybody else agrees with this, but I felt like there was just a, a little, a tad more fireworks this year than there has been like in the past. And I don't know if that is accounting for people just going that much harder, um, you know, because it's, you know, not COVID anymore. And this is like, the you know, last year we kind of got missed out on the 4th of July for the most part. Um, but I guess also, um, at my, you know, my girlfriend's new place, uh, there's a park that's right down the way, uh, and they have a fireworks show every year. And honestly, it was a perfect view from, uh, her balcony, um, at her apartment. So I thought that was super cool. Um, didn't really have to literally leave the house to, um, watch that fireworks show, but that that went on from about seven thirty to like nine. So I was a little, um, I was honestly pretty blown away about uh, on how like long this fireworks show was going for, and then that you had the people, uh, you had some people like it was kind of like a pregame for the fireworks show, and they had their own fireworks and they were setting them off like in this parking lot that is uh, just beneath. Um, my girlfriend's apartment so they I felt like they uh, got to that parking lot uh, to have a nice view of the fireworks um, at uh, Brangle Terrace Park as well um, and they were definitely just pre-gaming it it felt like just having their own fireworks getting everybody ready and then man oh man those fireworks just kept going and going and going um, so yeah definitely a fun time uh, very happy, um, you know, got to feel like a real 4th of July, um, got to celebrate with family, got to celebrate with friends, um, you know, see some people uh, that, you know, haven't really seen since the pandemic. Uh, you know, like I said, that first, um, I was able to see a lot of people for my birthday and getting to see even more people uh, for the 4th of July was, was just as was just as fun. Um, you know, it, it's nice, um, you know, trying to get back into that, uh, social mindset, uh, after this pandemic and really get to see, you know, people that you, you know, kind of got accustomed to seeing, um, you know, when it came to like family events, um, and not really much after that. Um, so not really, you know, having those things for a year and then boom, you come and you, you see people that, uh, you know. You, you would only see in those type of environments in the first place. It, it was definitely nice, and it's definitely um, definitely a good time. I hope everybody else um, had a good time as well. But like I said, Tuesday, back from the long weekend. Uh, yesterday, Monday, was the most Sunday-feeling Monday ever. Um, so that was definitely, um, you know, it, I was happy I had the day off. Personally, I, I definitely... Um, I mean, I, I was not planning on doing much any, yesterday anyway, um, and then for, my, for uh, me to have the day off and kind of just get a day of uh, rest after the, you know, long weekend, it was definitely um, very clutch, and um, now we're just right back to it. Tuesday, 
Um, but yeah, I hope everybody uh, didn't get uh, too wasted, didn't um, didn't uh, have to have you know a worse Monday um, than they uh, you know could have avoid that they could have avoided um, in the first place. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Um, I'm very happy um, that my trip to Greece now is finally confirmed. So I will be going um, out of town, out of the country uh, from July 17th through the 27th. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, get to go on a whole trip, uh, get to see a beautiful country, get to see a lot of places um, that I've never seen before um, and, and just learn um, about a new culture. I, I've never could have ever imagined being in Greece um, you know, but I'm, I'm really excited to do so. I think that it's, you know, based on all the pictures, it's very, very beautiful. Um, I don't really know much else, um, about the country of Greece, um, you know, in terms of history and, you know, where, um, when and where things, uh, were built and why they were and by who. So I'm, I'm excited to go on this tour, excited to really you know, get to know Greece and get to, uh, like I said, learn and really dive into a, a different culture that I'm not used to, that I'm not familiar with. Um, and at the same time, just have a really good time. Um, and I think, I think that it'll, it'll be def it'll really be a fun trip. Um, one, because I mean, who the fuck wouldn't want to go to Greece? And two, you know, it's, it's that first trip, uh, out of the country since COVID. Um, and I, I just think that, you know, everybody that I'm going to be with on my tour, everybody's just going to be happy. Everybody's going to be um, really excited to be out of the country. Everybody is just is just ready to, um, you know, get get loose, uh, have a good time, not really, uh, you know, have to worry about everything that um, comes with, uh, you know, real life. So definitely very excited for that. I I'm, I'm, was very happy when uh, everything got you know, confirmed and announced. So, uh, that's where I will be, uh, this month. And that'll be kind of the first trip that, uh, starts the second half of 2021 for me, as I have plenty of other things planned, but that'll be in the future. So, uh, Greece in literally 11 days, uh, it still is crazy, but I'll be leaving in the morning on the 17th, uh, and I will be gone for 10 days. So very excited for that. Looking forward to that. Um, but without further ado, uh, I just wanted to start this podcast off with uh, a quote that um, I've been uh, really kind of instilling into my brain when it comes to, uh, you know, school, when it comes to um, this podcast and uh, just some other things in life. Um, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we're all we're all really getting back into the swing of things. Um, you know, a lot of those office return dates are coming back to people. Um, you know, people are finally going out. They're having a good time again. They're able to, you know, decompress from right from from that normal life, like I said, and kind of have these um, have these various things to escape to. Uh, you know, that weren't really open, you know, weren't at all, all open during the pandemic, whether that is as simple, you know, as simple as going to the movies or, um, you know, going, going out to eat at a restaurant and, you know, uh, doing all these different things, uh, to, you know, of course, 
um, distract you from your normal life or, you know, get your mind off those, uh, you know, things that we're constantly thinking about, whether it's work, bills, um, family, etc. Uh, just want to kind of like go out and have a good time, not not have to worry about too many things and just get your mind off everything. But um, this quote definitely um, reminded me that at the end of the day, you have to have, you know, that common goal uh, within yourself for, for what you want to achieve, uh, what you want to get done. Uh, and that could be, you know, every every hour, that could be every day, um, every week, month, whatever it may be. Um, you know, having that, that goal, having that, uh, work ethic is, is the most important thing. Um, and I think it's a good reminder, especially in a time right, like right now where, uh, all of these various things are finally being opened up again. And, and there's a lot more things that, you know, uh, you're able to kind of get distracted by and, um, you know, maybe you don't have to, uh, you know, be as focused as you, as you were in the pandemic or, uh, you're just not as stressed out because you're not really worrying about, you know, all the other factors that are going into the world um, and what's really happening uh, when it comes down to it. Um, so I thought this quote by the Georgia Tech football coach, I don't know what his name is. I just saw it online. Um, it says, lazy people do a little work and think they should be winning, but winners work as hard as possible and still worry about if they are being lazy. And I felt like that quote, um, you know, just spoke volumes, you know. I, I uh, you know, we all have those days where, um, you know, we, we kind of need to be lazy. We kind of uh, need to give our body that recovery um, because we just aren't the same person, uh, you know, when, when you're out or when you're doing something and your body is just simply not into it, you're just not the same person, you know, you're, it's not, um, a bad thing, but, uh, it's, it's just, um, you know, when you, when you don't give your body that proper rest, um, that, uh, you know, just, just be, be nice to it in a way and, and kind of just allowing it to decompress from whatever it may be obviously you're going to be a different person. You know what I mean? You kind of have to identify that, um, within yourself and be realistic. It's not like a bad thing that you're a different person. It's just like, you're tired, my guy, or you've been working a lot. You know what I mean? So, um, I think with this quote though, it, it really shows that, you know, um, you know, doing, doing that little work and, and being lazy, uh, that's fine. But, um, the problem is where, where you think you should be winning while you're also doing those little things um, as you know, the winners are, are those people that at work as hard as possible and push themselves to, to limits uh, that, you know, just exhaust the hell out of them and stress them the hell out. Yet they still worry about if they're being lazy or if um, you know, they aren't doing enough when, um, they're having those thoughts after a 10 hour work day, or they're having those thoughts after executing a perfect weekend um, of work and uh, really, you know, do, you know, grinding out whatever they have. Uh, you know, that's the difference between those lazy people and those people that are winning, those people that are, you know, making good money. Um, it's those little things, you know, it's the, it's the mindset that you have to have, uh, regardless of, of how much money you're making, um, you know, it's, it's that, that, uh, 
drive the 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 will and the determination to to regardless of anything you're gonna get shit done and you're gonna get shit done in a timely manner it's not gonna be you know lazy it's not gonna be half-assed uh it's it's just about working as hard as possible and and uh you know at the end of the day um having those stresses after those thoughts after on how you could have done it better uh, how you could have um, executed a task uh, more efficiently and then that's where you get into the next one and you attack it in the same way you did but also applying your knowledge of you know what happened in the past and how you how you felt like you could have executed things differently um, and applying that not not just uh, having that in your mind and pushing it pushing it away and just being like you know what I'll be fine um you know, I, I, I think everything, um, you know, will, will just come to me or, you know, just uh, not really addressing what the the uh, areas that you need to. So, um, you know, I, I, I just like that as uh, I know it's Tuesday, but it's a lot of people's Mondays. Mo- so some Monday motivation for you, a uh, quote that I've been really, um, you know, trying to hammer into my brain and really uh just allow myself to um realize how much work i really do put in at the end of the day and um you know it's okay to have those rest days it's okay to have those days of being lazy but uh definitely um you know always just have to justify it always just have to be able to really look at yourself in the mirror and and really look in and uh know that you're doing everything that you possibly can to you know be the best man you can be and um you know n- you're not you're not half-assing anything in life because you know that's just that's where we all uh get stuck really and uh nobody 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 wants to get stuck so uh some monday motivation for you all um you know after a long weekend i know it's uh it's definitely gonna be a drag this week um with uh you know for the four day week but um get up get going um and just execute that's all it is execute um and and do your job to the fullest potential because that's all we can do um but yeah let's get into it of course game one of the nba finals is tonight 6 p.m but let's talk about how we got here let's talk about how we got here um of course um the Hots and Butts series, the Eastern Conference Finals, was filled with uh, injuries, filled with a lot of um, unknowns as going into Game 4, uh, the Butts were up 2-1. Trey Young was announced that he would be out as he did have that bone bruise um, in his right foot that he had sustained in Game 3. Um, and it was, you know, Game 4 in Atlanta. Like I said, the Butts were up 2-1. Now they're not playing without their best player. Um, I mean, the Hawks are now playing without their best player, even though they're playing at home. The Butts have the full star power. Um, and uh, Atlanta, able to take game four at home, 110 to 88, tie the series up 2 to 2. Um, able to have a huge third quarter, um, you know, outscoring the Butts 36 to 20 in that third quarter. Uh, to kind of cement this 110 to 88 victory, 88 victory. Um, what's it called? The uh, what's it called? Clint Capella, Lou Williams, and Bogdanovich all had 20 plus in this one. Um, Kyle Herder 15, 
Um, and uh, Gallinari off the bench with 10. Uh, definitely a team effort by Atlanta. Like I said, nothing too crazy. No, nobody really uh, going absolutely berserk in this one. Um, I mean... Like there, there wasn't. Like I said, it, it was a just a, it was just a good team effort on honestly. And I know Giannis, uh, unfortunately, uh, hyper extended his knee in the third quarter. Um, but there was only like four minutes left in that third quarter. The Hawks were still, like I said, playing great basketball. Um, and I know Giannis went down in the game. Of course, has changed when that happens. But Atlanta was still leading at that point. And uh, they, they were doing so because they were playing together. They were playing as a unit. Um, and once Giannis went down, I, I think that was kind of just the cherry on top for the game. Uh, as Atlanta was already playing outplaying the butts. And that kind of just, uh, you know, cemented uh, the victory for Atlanta. And, um, you know, the butts were kind of already... Their mindsets uh, kind of, I felt like, were already on to game five. And how they were going to take that... Um, that victory at home to to obviously come back to Atlanta, knowing now that they're going going to a game sits and um, at least having the series lead three two because um, you know this, this like I've said before this Hots team is not not a team you should be taking lightly especially when you give them that little bit of uh, daylight and I feel like that's what the Butts did in this one. Uh, you know, they gave them that little bit of daylight. They allowed the series to be tied 2-2, two to two, but uh, that only put that much more pressure on that Game 5 because if Atlanta is able to take Game 5, um, you know, how much um, how much more daylight are you planning on giving them? You know, are you going to even – you're putting yourself in that much more of a difficult situation. Having to win Game 6 in Atlanta when they're already up 3-2 – uh, so they can take the whole series at home, um, and you best believe that 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 uh you know that arena would be rocking. Or would you uh you know be able to take Game Five, go into Game Six already up three to two, a little a little bit less stress off your bats, but of course still um you know gonna be prepared and uh, wanting to you know stop the series in Game Six, not have to travel all the way back to Milwaukee and. Uh, play game seven so uh like i said atlanta able to tie the series up after game four uh they were like i said trey young coming into this game not playing uh this put the hawks at nine point underdogs which was the second largest upset in the conference finals in the last 30 years um they they moved to six and zero in the postseason when allowing 100 points or fewer um and uh, it's the fifth time in the last 25 years uh, that a team had a win despite missing their top score from the regular season. So definitely a huge win um, by the Hawks in this one to to force that Game 5. And um, it moved, going into this Game 5, Giannis would not be playing. As, like I said, he did hyper-extend his knee um, and the butts were going to be uh, without him as he was now the first player with 400 points, 175 rebounds, 75 assists through those first 15 games of a postseason. Um, and uh, unfortunately, the the Bucks were going to be missing out on that dude. You know, this guy that setting records, playing the best postseason basketball he ever has. It only took him 14 games uh, to do these things as well. 
um, as the, the, like I said, the Nets' best person did it in 15. So uh, going into this game five, definitely missing out on, you know, one of the best players, if not the best, in the lead at the moment. And uh, the Butts were still able to grind out a victory with a very, very good first quarter um, and kind of set the tone for the rest of the game as they were able to take game five, 123 to 112. Um, like I said, that first quarter, the butts were up 36 to 22, and that definitely just set the, the tone for the rest of the game as, um, the Hawks did outscore them in the second and the fourth quarters, but that, that 14 point lead after the first was definitely just too much for the Hawks to, uh, come back from, um, Bedonovich leading scorer on the Hawks, 10 for 22 from the field, seven for 16 from three, finished with 28 points. Uh, Jamie Collins with 19, Lou Williams with 17, Gallinari off the bench had 19, but um, on the other side of the ball, Brooke Lopez with an amazing 33-point, 14 for 18 from the field night, um, completely stepped up uh, in the absence of Giannis. Chris Middleton had 20 sits and eights, um, Bobby Portis had 22 and eights, Drew Holiday had 25. So, you know, four out of those five starters finished with at least 22 points. Um, and Brooke Lopez finished uh, the only person in the game to have 30. Uh, and the Butts were able to take game five um, and move into, like I said, Atlanta. Game sits, even without Giannis playing in game sits as well. Uh, and Trey Young finally. Um, you know, getting the green light to suit up in game sits. Um, you could kind of just tell uh, that this, I mean, this game was, this game was big. If, if the butts do not have uh, a three to two series lead, there's a lot more pressure riding on them, especially without Giannis. I, I assume he would have played game sits if they, if they lost, um, if they lost uh, game five. Um, the same way Trey Young did, I would assume that if Atlanta took Game Five, Trey Young probably wouldn't have took, uh, wouldn't have played Game Six, um, and would have rested at least for one more game. But since his team was down three to two, I'm assuming that's kind of the ultimate reason why he pushed himself to play in Game Six. Um, but again, the Butts able to take Game Six, win this series, one eighteen to one oh seven, advance to. Their first NBA Finals since 1974. Um, this game, uh, what's it called? The leading scorer in this one, Chris Middleton, 32 points, 4 rebounds. Drew Holiday finished with 27. Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, um, Jeff Teague, and uh, Patrick Conning uh, Connington uh, all finished with 10-plus as well. So we had seven people um I mean, not seven, six people in double digits for the butts. And on the other side of the ball, um, you know, Trey Young only had 14 points. 0 for 6 from 3. You could, you could kind of just see the injury uh, just being too much. Um, at the end of the day, he still suited up. He still tried his best. Um, still gave it all um, as he has this entire postseason, but unfortunately did not go his way. Um, Clint Capella with 14. Jamie Collins with 13. Badonovich with 20. Um, Gallinari with 13 off the bench, but simply not enough as the leading scorer for the Hawks was actually Cam Reddish off the bench with 21. Um, and unfortunately it, like I said, just not enough, uh, for, um, this, uh, Atlanta team to force a game seven and, uh, shout out to the butts, man. First time in the NBA finals since 1974, 
did it without their best players, uh, without their best player for game five and game six. Um, and, you know, really showed, uh, you know, the grit and determination that this team has when they're able to come together and um, really uh, grind out some victories because uh, there were plenty of obstacles in this uh, NBA postseason. Um, you know, whether that was going down 2-0 to the Nets and really, really going down 2-0. I mean, they got blown the fuck out in games one and two. And for them to respond the way they did, win that series, um, you know, able to uh, take care of the Hawks, um, able to, um, you know, not allow this young, gritty Atlanta team um, really any opportunity outside of, um, you know, going into uh, game five, tied up two to two, a little bit more momentum on their side. But unfortunately, uh, I think Trey Young's injury. I, I love the way they played in game four. And um, like I said, that was a huge team effort. There was not one person that was just, you know, like the, you have those people. You got those Giannis's. You got that Trey Young, that ice tray. You got those Steph, the LeBron's. You have those people that can just completely take over a game. The Kawhi's, the Paul George's, you know, um, it, it's it's uh, it was definitely a team effort in Game Four. Like there were, like I said, four people with 15 plus. That's you know definitely an all-around team effort. But um, you know the Butts were able to come back, strategize, really able to. Um, you know, create a good game plan, um, you know, knowing going into the game that you did not have your best player in Giannis. Um, and that's why you saw Brooke Lopez have the success he did. And, um, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. The Butts were able to respond after a um, pretty bad game four and really, uh, you know, hammer it home in games five and six. Uh, like I said, even without their best player, um, you know, there was, there was never any, uh, lack of confidence in the group. There was never any, uh, you know, doubt. It, it, they just went out there and played played as hard as they could and executed to the fullest. Um, and that's why they're going to be able to uh, go to their first NBA final since 1974. And, um, you know, it's, it's all credit to uh, the adjustments that they've been able to make these playoffs and really responding to adversity. Uh, when it most mattered, you know what I mean? They they could have easily given up in that net series. They could have easily, um, you know, panicked when Giannis got hurt in game four and the series was tied 2-2, but they really fought through. They really stuck with, with each other and look at them now. Four wins away from an NBA championship. Super happy for Giannis, uh, you know. He's got loyalty in his DNA. I mean, he tweeted that back in 2017, and four years later, that loyalty in his DNA is paying off as he's finally reached the NBA Finals with the Butts. Like I said, four four wins away from an NBA Finals, um, and what a remarkable postseason run that they've already been on. So congratulations to the Butts, the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, East, Eastern Conference Finals champions, uh, the uh, Eastern Conference representative um, in this NBA Finals. And, of course, uh, that only leaves me to talk about the Western Conference Finals as uh, Phoenix um, headed into, um, you know, that game sits up 3-2 already. 
um you know playing in la the clippers of course have been good all year um and of course in the playoffs i mean especially in elimination games you see tyloo in this group uh, just completely fighting through adversity this entire postseason run. Uh, jumped uh, to a 2-0 deficit in all three of these series. Fought back in each of them. Um, but going into uh, game sits, Phoenix able to take game five at home. Um, wanting to win game sits in LA. Um, and finally just put an end uh, to the Clippers uh, postseason hopes. Um, you know, a postseason that saw, uh, like I said, ridiculous combats, ridiculous fight, and it, um, you know, ridiculous, you know, just will to win regardless of what the situation was. And that's exactly what, um, you know, this team has done. But unfortunately, in game six, the Suns were too much as the Suns were able to take game six 130 to 103. Um, CP3 uh, with arguably his best game of the postseason, best game of the year, um, as he was able to finish with 41 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. Devin Booker added 22 points and 7 rebounds. Jay Crowder had 19. DeAndre Aiden had 16 points and 17 rebounds. So, you know, th 4 out of the 5 starters at least finished with 15 points. Um, and, I mean, it was just a amazing performance by the phoenix suns to go into la go into a home environment that um has been as good for any team um as the clippers this postseason and to win in a dominating fashion and for chris paul to really have his moments um and of course it being against the clippers a team that he had played six years with uh, un you know, had plenty of success, but ultimately could not find, um, you know, a way to a conference finals or an NBA finals, uh, regardless of how good those teams were. Um, for him to win at Staples Center, where he just served so much time uh, on that Clippers team was great. Um, and on the other side of the ball, uh, like I said, the Clippers playing without Kawhi still, um, but still an all-around great effort. Mark uh, Marcus Morris was the um, leading scorer in this one on the, on the Clippers side of the ball with 26 points. Paul George finished with 21 and 9. Reggie Jackson had 13. Patrick Beverly had 11. Demarcus Cousins off the bench had 12. But ultimately, it was not enough as the Phoenix Sun Suns um, were going to are going to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1993. Uh, they are the first team to reach the NBA Finals after a 10-year playoff drought. So, 10-year playoff drought, um, and boom, made, uh, makes the Finals in that first year um, of, you know, being in the postseason again. Um, like I said, Chris Paul ties his career career uh, playoff high with 41 Um and, I mean, it's just a remarkable run that this Suns team um, has gone on this postseason. But even over the course of the past five, six years, I mean, a 3-0-2 winning percentage in the past five seasons entering this one. And they're now going to the NBA Finals. I mean, that's that alone is just remarkable. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, the worst five-season stretch uh, prior to an appearance in the final postseason round in the history of of the NBA, NFL, MLB, all major league sports. So 
that definitely shows just how bad this Suns team was and for them to uh, bounce back so quickly and really, um, you know, make the run that they have. It's been remarkable. I mean, uh, they it really started in the bubble. You know, the record before the bubble um, was 26 and 39. So headed into the bubble, they were that, you know, team that really needed to play well in those eight uh, play-in games before the postseason started. Um, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, they went 8-0 in the bubble. Uh, they almost made the postseason. They, uh, you know, were able to leave the bubble, you know, as one of the earliest teams, um, you know, as, as one of the earliest teams to exit, they were, you know, able to still leave the bubble with, um, you know, their heads held high, really. Like I said, 26 and 39 going into it, able to finish the year off 34 and 39 after an 8 and 0 record, um, and really uh, put the, put the um, Phoenix on the map. You know, Devin Booker with the remarkable turnaround, uh, uh, what's it called? Game winner. Uh, you know, able to get a lot of momentum going headed into the next year. Um, you know, a lot of odds were stats against them going into the bubble, but for them to perform the way they did and really take that in stride just shows that they were ready and they, they've been on the come up for a while. And, you know, since the trade for Chris Paul, 51 and 21, they went 11 and th they went 12 and three, um, in this, uh, in this, uh, playoff run um wait no i actually went 12 and 4 because they lost so they lost yeah they lost two games to the lakers uh able to sweep in the semis and then lost two games to the clippers so 12 and 4 in the playoffs 51 and 21 in the regular season and now they're in the nba finals uh so what what a what a um turnaround for this suns team um, Chris Paul, the oldest player in postseason history with 35 points in consecutive closeout games uh, since Michael Jordan, who did it at age 33 um, in 1996. Uh, but um, what's it called? Chris Paul able to do it uh, as the oldest player with 35 points in consecutive games um, at the age of 36. So um, definitely, uh, you know, really good to see for Chris Paul. Um, you know, just, just remarkable, um, for him to also, like I said, I, I cannot emphasize this enough for him to do it in Staples Center playing the Clippers. I felt like that was just the cherry on top. You know, we had, we thought so many times, um, as much as the Clippers are a meme, um, when, when Chris Paul was there, we thought so many times, year in and year out, that this was their year. That this was the year that they were at least make it to the Western Conference Finals. You know, that we, we that, that was always the narrative. And somehow, some way, they always found a way to come up short. Whether it was 3-1 to the Rockets, 2-0 uh, multiple times. Um, you know, it, it was just never going their way. And for Chris Paul to, in his 16th season come back with a young Suns team, hungry, like I said, one of the worst five-year runs um, in a major sport, um, and for them to bounce back this year, go 51-21, and 21, get, the, get the two seed in the Western Conference, uh, play the Lakers in the first round, able to beat the Lakers, able to sweep in the semis, and then able to win and beat another LA team in the Western Conference Finals. 
just a what a run by the Suns, and it's it's all uh, credit to just just the the whole team. You know, there I know Chris Paul um, has this crazy magic touch on whatever team he goes to. He's able to transform them and and really uh, give a new energy and spark into the team. But at the end of the day, the players have to respond. The teams got to respond to that and. Um, it's also credit to Monty Williams and giving Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, uh, you know, everybody the the full trust that he has their back. And you can just tell they feed off of the trust and the willingness to, you know, do whatever it takes to win at the end of the day. And, um, you know, it's, it's really good to see, you know, when teams like this get the shine, get the praise. Because it's been a really, really shitty road getting there in the first place. And, um, you know, regardless of, um, you know, anything, it, it's just good to see Chris Paul, the point god, finally getting an opportunity to play in these NBA Finals. But let's not take away from anything. Anything from the Clippers, of course, they did make it to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in their franchise history, which is great. And they did it. Uh, without their best player for, I mean, the last eight games of the postseason. Um, and Paul George, I mean, he took advantage of this. He really stepped up to the plate. Um, he was his postseason rankings first in minutes and points, second in field goals made, free throws made, and three-pointers made, um, third in rebounds, and fifth in assists. So what in a remarkable run by Paul George, able to really, um, I mean, Obviously, every time, uh, every time this man plays bad, the pandemic, P. Jotes are gonna come out. But uh, you know, he really showed who playoff P was uh, this postseason. Really showed, um, really showed, uh, you know, everybody that the Clippers are for real. Um, I'm, I'm sure it would have been a completely different story with Kawhi healthy, one hundred percent. It was just. Uh, a really unfortunate turn of events uh, for the Clippers. And, you know, obviously you never know what's going to happen going into an offseason. Is Kawhi going to stay? Is Paul George going to stay? There's just so much, um, so much uh, you know, movement in the NBA nowadays that you never really know. But if the Clippers were to run it back with that same group healthy, I'm sure, um, you know, they, they can see a lot of success. Um, but Reggie Jackson is going to get his bad somewhere. Um, you know, so that'll be a, a crucial piece. Uh, Rajon Rondo still has one year on that two year, $15 million deal. So they'll still have another point guard, but, uh, you know, if they're not able to pay Reggie Jackson, the money that he's going to be getting in free agency, cause I, I'm thinking he's probably going to get, you know, that uh, he's probably going to get a nice 20, 25 mil a year. If you want me to be honest in what I'm thinking. So if the Clippers aren't able to give that to him, somebody else is. So being able to find somebody to replace that, uh, able to have other players like Luke Kennard, Marcus Morris continue to step up into into uh, bigger roles. I think the Slippers team will be fine. It'll be interesting to see what they're looking like going into next season and who's still on the team. But I think that they really showed who they are this postseason, and you got to give credit where credit's due. So um, the Clippers able to uh, still have a great run, but – Ultimately, the Suns and the Butts are the last two remaining as tonight, like I said, game one, 6 o'clock, 
Um, and that'll be followed by game two on Thursday, game three on Sunday, game four on Wednesday, and then games five through seven, if necessary, will follow. Um, but very, very, um, very, very excited to watch the game tonight. Um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, both all-stars this season. Um, and they're now the third all-star starting backcourt to make the finals in the last 35 years, joining Steph and Clay and Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars from the 90 Pistons. And that was the year that they repeated. So um, definitely in great company. This series um, between the Butts and the Suns is also the first NBA Finals to feature zero players with a championship since 1977 between the Blazers and the 76ers as the only player on either team with finals experience is Jay Crowder who played the finals last year with the Heat so I mean that's remarkable as well for there to be zero players with a championship headed into this NBA Finals and only one player on either team having even played in the Finals before and he only played in one and that's a Finals that he lost 4-2. to two. I mean, it, I'm not saying that the, that experience, of course. I mean, Jay Crowder was a huge, had a huge role in Miami last year in those Finals. So, um, of course, that's going to help the Suns, but one guy on your 15-man roster um, with finals experience and nobody else with a championship or championship experience and then on the other side of the ball it's the same exact thing I don't know if this um, I, I don't I don't know about the coaches this has everything to do with the players I'm sure maybe a few coaches have coached in the finals or maybe won a championship but Simply based off players with experience, that's just crazy. I mean, and like you said, first time since 1977. So, I mean, this series, you know, both teams making their third finals appearance. Um, Milwaukee won their only title in 1971. Phoenix has never won a championship. So, one fan base is going to be very happy. And uh, this is going to be a freaking fight. Um Headed into game one tonight, Giannis is a game-time decision. So it'll be very, very interesting to see um, whether or not... It'll be very interesting to see how this, uh, you know, game one does play out as Giannis is, like I said, game-time decision going into game one with that hyper-extended left knee. Um, you know, unfortunately... Uh, that's just how it is in sports sometimes, and and the butts have proven games five and six and throughout um, this this regular season as a whole that they are able to play without Giannis, um, and they're able to play well without Giannis as well. Um, so we'll see um, just how um, this game plays out, and um, you know if either team is able to really build that momentum going into the series, but. I think personally for me tonight, I have the Suns taking Game One. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the final score of 114 to 103. Suns taking Game One, um, and uh, I'm not. I think my I'll be able to make my finals prediction after tonight. My I guess nah, fuck that. I'm not gonna make a finals prediction one game in and be a little bitch. I'll say. Suns in seven for this NBA Finals. I think it's gonna go back and forth. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a great series, 
and I think that um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna see exactly why uh, these two teams made it to um, made it to the finals and and really um, you know why why they were the last two teams standing the the grits the fire the termination from both teams really um, have just been on display all postseason long and all season long and I'm very excited um, for a champion to be crowned but uh, on top of the NBA there are plenty of other uh, sports and events that are happening today I mean uh, Euro 2020 semifinal matchup Italy and Spain I, I I've already have it on it's in uh, the fourth minute right now um, if you're into soccer definitely uh, definitely check this game out I mean go Italy go Italia um, but at the same time um, you know even if you're not it's definitely just great entertainment these these guys are they're professionals for a reason and uh, the amount of the amount of running that they're doing is just ridiculous. I, I've never, ever not been impressed by soccer players and their ability to um, have that much stamina. So uh, definitely tune into that. The Capital One's the match with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Phil Mendelssohn, and uh, who's the other? I can't remember who the other golfer is. I'm not, not really a huge golf fan, but I know that it's not Tiger Woods this time. Obviously, he's still recovering from his car accident. So um, the match is on today. Um, Wimbledon is on 14 MLB games, including the Padres are on. So a lot of sports to go on today. So definitely find yourself at a sports bar or, you know, just, I hope you have ESPN and, and some sports packages because today is full of great events. Today is full of a lot of very good uh, matchups with great players, great competition, and I'm very, very excited to see how it all plays out. But um, it's been real. It has been fun. I hope you guys all have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I will see you all very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you all enjoyed.